Thank you for reading that, Christina. Welcome to Church Project. You guys look good. We even got some bow ties out there. I like those. Those are nice. Everyone's looking good. Welcome. Glad that you made it this morning. Glad that you overcome all the obstacles to get here. How many of you woke up and got in a fight before you came to church this morning? Don't raise your hand. Don't look at your spouse. It's, it's obvious, okay? <laughs> We're glad that you're here. If you're a first-time guest to, uh, to Church Project, um, we are going to be going through the Bible. We're going to be going through a, a chapter in Luke, a couple verses in Luke. And so if you need a Bible, they're over on both lamps. We're here to celebrate Easter. We're here to celebrate an incredible, th- uh, incredible thing that's happened in the Christian faith. And this is Jesus Christ giving everything that he could for us. And as we look at this modern day parable that that was just read about the giving tree and how the tree freely surrenders and his apples, his branches, his trunk, it reminds me of Jesus and the real reason for Easter. I'm reminded of Philippians 2. Verses 7 through 8, and this is what Philippians 2, 7 through 8 says. It says, but he, speaking of Jesus, he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by become, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And as we read that parable, and as we hear this verse right here, and as we think about why we're here today, our religion, this, it never begins with what we do for God. It always begins with what He has, what he has already done for us. How He's given everything for us, for we will never be who we ought to be. God will always be who He is. So the message this morning is going to be very, very simple. And the message this morning is so confusing to me that even this simple message is hard for me to understand every day when I wake up. So what I want us to do is I want us to open the book of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, And if you'll go to the 23rd chapter, it's near the end of chapter Luke uh, 23rd, we will look at verses 44 through 46. And so we're just going to look at these three verses, Luke 23, 44 through 46, and this is what it says. Jesus is hanging on the cross, and what we've been going through the last six weeks in church project is as Jesus is hanging on the cross, he says sayings. There's things that he says, and this is one of the things that he says, and so we're going to look at this saying as Jesus was on the cross. Luke chapter 23, verse 44 says this, it was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last breath. So as Jesus is on the cross dying for humanity, he has this prayer. And it is this, Father, Into your hands, I commit my spirit. 
So I have a question for you as, as we look at this. Have you ever spent time in an ER waiting room? Have you ever been in an ER waiting room? Have you ever been in the moment where you're witnessing someone battling between life and death? Have you ever been in these moments? It's just profound when you're in these moments when someone is struggling for life and and they may be passing on soon. And as you're sitting there, life, all of life comes down to just simple, simple form. The things that you used to chase after just don't matter anymore as you're sitting there. One of the bands that I like to listen to, and I can't believe we're, we're talking about Death Cab for Cutie for an Easter service, but we definitely are. They have a song, and it's, and it's about the waiting room and what's, what's happening in the waiting room. And I want to read a portion of the lyrics of, of this Death Cab for Cutie as they're talking about the waiting room. So put, put yourself in that, that waiting room, the ER waiting room, and this is what it says. Because there's no comfort in the waiting room. Just nervous paces, bracing for bad news. And then the nurse comes round and everyone lifts their head. But I'm thinking of what Sarah said that love is watching someone die. So who's going to watch you die? Have you ever been in that moment when you're with someone? When they're fighting for life, they're fighting for death. And as Jesus is hanging on the cross, there's people that are witnessing him, watching him die. His mother, people that love him, family and friends are sitting there and they're watching him die. Family and friends are there as he breathed his last breath. And as he prayed to his father, this is what he said, Father, I'm coming home. That's his last words. What peace. What peace? Father, I'm coming home. What calm. What resolve. As he hangs there. And what a purposed life. His last breath is of calm, purpose, resolve. As he says, Father, I'm coming home. How many of us, if we were right there, if, if this, what would be our last words? You know, if, if today was the day that uh, we're going to be passing on from life to death, would you have such peaceful climax? If literally this afternoon you're laying there and you only have one more thing to say, what would be that one last thing that you say? Would it be filled of just peaceful, calm, resolute, a life lived on purpose, a life known that Jesus madly loves you? Or would you struggle? Would you struggle for words? And I love this image of Jesus as he's dying on the cross. That he's not saying one teaching profound thing. He's not, he's, 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 what is he doing? He's talking to his father. He shows us in his very last breath that this whole thing that we call Christianity really stems down to a relationship with the father. That's pretty profound for Americans. Because we want to go do it, don't we? We want to go fix it. We want to go achieve it. We want to earn our way. And Jesus is dying on the cross in an agonizing, just painful way. He lifts himself up and prays and says, Father, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. It's relationship time. Let's do this thing. And church, what would we say if we were passing from life to death today? 
Why is Jesus so calm? Why is this such a peaceful climax? Jesus is calm because he knew that he belonged to his Father. He knew that the Father loved him. And if you've read the scripture and you've read Bible multiple times, Satan was trying to derail Jesus. Satan saying, I will give you everything. I will make you rich. I will make you powerful. And in a very real way with our lives, Satan is coming to us and he's trying to make us so busy and so confused. He's trying to rip beauty and rip blessing from us and make life not about a relationship with Jesus, but make it about a series of systematic doings and beings and walking and accomplishing this and going to church on Easter. And it's not even about that. It's about a love relationship. Satan can get us so busy that our, le- our life has lived at such a fast pace that even sitting and being and resting just feels awkward for us. You know it. I know it. Like we twitch. We look at our phones. We go to our computer. We open some kind of screen, TV screen, whatever it may be. Just sitting in silence can be awkward for us. Satan is pleased to derail our lives, by the way. As Jesus is sitting in there, hanging on the cross, whispering these last words, saying, I'm coming home to his Father. He's speaking with complete calm and peace because he's found his identity in who Jesus is, who his Father is. Can we say the same thing? Get a picture of the cross in your head. Get a picture of Jesus hanging on the cross. Just get that mental picture in your head and look at the cross and learn at what price you were loved. You were loved at such a great price. All God asks is that you marvel and you're in awe wonder of how much he loves you. Not for who you are in your mind, but for how he sees you. He loves you for who you are. God loves you in such a way that he would rather die than be without you. Have you thought of that? God loves you in such a way that he would rather die than be without you. Is it difficult for you to believe that he has done this for you? It is difficult for me to believe that the giving tree gave everything for the boy. It's difficult for me to believe that Jesus has done everything for me. Satan likes to come and whisper in my ears. Does he like to do that to you? You did that again. You're not worthy of this. You know, you haven't accomplished this. You're not doing this. You're letting people down. Guilt and shame, it just enters into the picture. And Satan begins to whisper all along. Find your identity in what you do, not who you are. The only time you and I break the heart of Jesus is when we think we need to perform more for his love, that we need to change to experience him, that we need to clean up before having a relationship with him. And Jesus is saying this, I have loved you with all my heart. From eternity back, I have pursued you. And the question is this, will you accept my love? The price for the actions and the decisions that keep you up at night has been paid by Jesus on the cross. 
You know, those things you think about, those things in the secret, the things that have done, that price has already been paid on the cross because of Jesus. This is why we celebrate Easter. Jesus dies on the cross and three days later he's risen from the dead and he defeats death. And we are the only movement, the only religion in the world that has a God that is alive. And that is the difference maker. That's why we stand. That's why we celebrate and we say, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, I have hope. Because he lives, God loves me. Christianity is not a moral code or an ethic code. It's a love affair. Have a love affair. It's not about our performance. It's not about being Christians. It's about being in love with this man, Jesus. Encountering him in the scriptures. Letting his stories come alive in your life and sharing your story. God wants to encounter you and wants to have a love affair with you. The man of Jesus we read about in the Holy Scriptures of the Bible was pretty good at being loved by his father. He was pretty good at that. And he was pretty good at loving others. He knew he was God's beloved. Have you heard that word before, beloved? Jesus knew that he was God's beloved. Beloved means this. It means dearly loved, a much loved person. And Jesus, as he's hanging on the cross and utters his last word, says, Father, I'm coming home because you love me. Here you go. Today, God brought you here to tell you that you are his beloved. really it. He brought you here to say that you are loved. You are his beloved. Some of us, we may not have even realized that yet, but God is looking at every one of us and saying, you are loved by God. You are my beloved. He gave all he had for you. We deserve death, but God gives life. God is calling you into a love affair with him. And the question is today, will you accept his love for you? That's the message. It's the Easter message. It repeats every day of our life. Don't be found in what you do. Be found in who you are. All I have to share with you today is my story. My story about how Jesus ambushed me And nothing has ever been as compelling and as attractive as him. Do you have the same story? If not, we're getting pulled away by the shiny things of the world. And we're missing the point. I can stand up here with multiple thousand more words, but you're already done hearing me. I can stand up here and with as much passion as I can muster up, try to persuade you to chase after God, but you're already done with that. As you sit in your chair today, I ask a very simple question with a very simple point. We read a kid's story about a tree that gave everything. And oh, what a truth that is in our life. We realize that Jesus has given everything for us And he just wants to be with us. Is that reality in your life? 
until that is reality in your life. You will chase the, the shiny things of the world, and they will 100% of the time end to boredom. Church, I'm going to ask that right now you would close your Bible. And I'm going to ask that you begin to reflect on what God is saying today. It's a pretty simple message. If we encounter it, our hearts are jumping. And we're alive in who he is. When we think of Jesus on the cross, we see someone chasing after who? Us. We see a relationship that says, follow me, I love you, I've given you everything. He shows us how to walk a day at a time. He shows us how to walk through difficult times in life. He's there loving us, saying it's okay. You're not perfect, and you you will never be perfect, and I don't love you because you think you are. I love you because you want to be with me. I love you because of this relationship. Some of us, as we sit here today, I want to ask us all to just close our eyes and kind of think on this a little bit. If you're comfortable with it, just hold your hands out and say, God, in in, in this place, I want to hear from you. This has been a hard year. The last few months have been hard. This week has been hard. And maybe it's because I've been trying life on my own or I've been trying to earn your love or clean up before I came to you. And Jesus is just saying, come as you are right now. I love you. So some of us, as we sit here, we may need to just have a conversation with God and say, God, show me how much you love me. I give you my life. Some of us, as we sit here, we, we know. I mean, we, we know God is alive in us. We know that, that he's been moving in our life, and, and we're, just, we're drawn in awe and wonder of the cross and the price that he has paid for us, and our, our hearts are alive, and we're alive in Christ. And as we sit here, we're just filled with thankfulness. In a moment, we're going to do communion together as a church body. And I'll instruct us of what that'll look like. We'll do it in our chairs. But in this place right now, as we go through a a song of worship, I want to ask a couple things. If you have a a kid in the kids area, project kids area, if you'll quickly go up and uh, retrieve them quickly and quietly and then come back during this first song. And then together as a church body, we're going to go together in communion. But let's just think of the cross. Let's think of what Jesus has done on the cross. Now he has defeated death. Why not for our action, but for a love relationship and affair with him? Then after this song of meditation and worship, 
We'll come back together and we'll take communion together. But let's worship him in this place.